Welcome back to episode 50 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. Welcome back to the FBL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FBL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of waiver options, hidden gems, ones to dump and some sell high buy low targets ahead of game week 10. Now, obviously, this is the big 5-0. We've reached a half century in podcast episodes and uh, just wanted to briefly thank everyone who has played any part in the podcast, whether that be as a uh, contributor from one of my fellow league mates um, or just reaching out on Twitter or simply by listening. Even if you've only listened to a few, that support is greatly appreciated and is what keeps me motivated to keep putting these out. And hopefully you've seen some improvement since the first episode uh, back a couple of years ago um, and long may it all continue and I look forward to doing something a bit more momentous than just a game week preview podcast for the big century episode. But anyway, let's briefly touch on last week. Mo Salah again, now up to 107 points after nine games, averaging nearly 12 points per game. Another Salah FBL stat is that he's put up 50 points in the last three matches There were some other massive scores this week with Mount matching Salah on 24 with a hat-trick of his own, causing him to more than double his tally up to that point. Foden got 18 points and Josh King was the third player this week to score a Premier League hat-trick, netting him 16 FPL points in the process. Chilwell recorded another goal-clean-sheet combo to put him second only to King-Salah in the form table, averaging nearly 12 points per game himself from the three appearances he's made so far. I could go through loads of other guys who had massive weeks like Cornette, uh, Smith Rowe and Reese James. And in total, there were 18 players this week that got double digit FPL point hauls. When you see mad hauls like that, it's generally because there were some mad scorelines, which we saw as Chelsea beat Norwich 7-0. Liverpool famously beat United uh, 5-0 at Old Trafford and Watford stunned Everton 5-2 away at Goodison Park. Elsewhere, it's fairly regulation without any major upsets. The game week 10 fixtures are kind to those stacked up with Chelsea, Liverpool and City assets with tighter games elsewhere as Arsenal go to Leicester, United go to Spurs and the Hammers go to Villa for one of the Claret and Blue derbies. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Livramento, Kovacic and Armando Brogia. So let's get into it. As I've started doing, I'm going to start things off with a little review of some of the players mentioned in last week's pod. Uh, Region was a definite miss as uh, Spurs lost to West Ham, though he wasn't touted as a one-week punt. It was more longer term. Chalaber uh, seems actually disappointing with just a cleanie, but the fact he started over Christensen was something I mentioned in the pod, and a regulation six points is definitely a hit. Uh, similar to Reguillon and Domblay was obviously a miss. Foden was a big hit, as I already mentioned. Um, highlighted him as one of the standout winners from the Ferran Torres injury. Uh, and he got two goals and an assist for 18 points. So a definite win there, although one of those goals was slightly fortunate. Uh, Tielemans was another win, scored a screamer and came away with 10 points. Um, 
with Brumo. Uh, a lot of hype around him ahead of game week nine, but nothing to show in that defeat to Leicester. Again, not a one-week punt, though, so as long as his injury isn't too bad, definitely worth hanging on to him if you did pick him up. Next, uh, Firmino, absolute classic FPL performance from uh, firms here. 5-0 demolition of United at Old Trafford, and he picks up two points. Armando Brogia, who I will talk about a bit more later, another start and another goal. Uh, I pushed a few to get him this week. Um, seems slightly disappointing week compared to some of the other big scores, but definitely have to chalk this one up as a success. Ian Acho was a miss this week, but again, Defo uh, in the team and worth keeping hold of. From the hidden gems, Livramento was really the only hit. The rest were all misses and the most hidden gem pick. Uh, Pascal Strauch was a miss as Leeds drew 1-1 and he just picked up the two points. Looking at the fixture barometer now, um, the the general gist of how the fixtures are looking hasn't changed too much since last week. Those with good runs are Chelsea, Liverpool and City and Wolves continue their good run. Those at the other end of things, Man United now move into quite a tough run, uh, as do Leicester, Burnley and Watford. So let's get into the main picks then, starting with Livramento for Southampton. A name that I've mentioned in Hidden Gems a couple of times already and a name lots are familiar with as he's very popular in the standard FPL game, particularly in the community bubble due to his relatively low price and high attacking potential. Uh, And he got his first goal nodding in from a corner against Burnley, having smashed the post after a good move in the box just moments before that. The fixtures aren't too bad with Watford, Villa and Norwich in the next three games and there could be another opportunity for him to get on the score sheet. So definitely one I would look at in the waivers and should be available for a lot of leagues. Next, on to Chelsea. Um, It's obviously going to be easy to pick out a few highlights from their team after winning 7-0. Great performance from uh, from Hudson-Odoi, although it was only Norwich. Sometimes thrashing the league whipping boys can propel you back into contention and provide uh, a much overdue confidence boost. The goal and assist from that game were his first returns in the league this season. He feels like a player that should do well under Tuchel, but it just hasn't happened yet. One downer on potentially getting him ahead of game week 10 of that he did play in midweek in the EFL Cup game against Southampton um, in a team that looked to be mainly second string, though did feature uh, a few first 11 players in there. With Lukaku likely still out, it looks set for either Hudson-Odoi or Ziyech to start next to Mount again with Havertz up front. So it could be down to whoever impresses most in that game. His ownership in 10-man leagues is still only 16%, whereas Ziyech still has lingering ownership levels of 50%, which is probably too high, especially if he's benched again in the weekend's league game at Newcastle. One of Hudson-Odoi's teammates, uh, Kovacic, a player I've mentioned uh, a few weeks back, I'm sure, as one to try and sell high on. But it's continued to be a pretty impressive output from Kovacic so far this season, especially from a guy that FPL managers usually completely disregard. In terms of goal involvements, he's already surpassed his three previous seasons in the Premier League with a goal and five assists already, beating his previous record in the 1920 season of one goal and three assists over the whole season. With the way Chelsea are lined up under Tuchel, there is obviously an obligation on those centre mids to get involved in attacks. Otherwise, there wouldn't be enough numbers uh, in and around the box. Um, And as such, I don't see why these numbers can't continue to some extent. 
though um, I'm pretty sure he will regress on that average slightly over the next few weeks. Next, I'm going to discuss five strikers who are names that I've seen bandied about a lot recently and are ones that I think probably lots would struggle to, to value, especially if two or three of these names were in the waiver pile. I think lots wouldn't be you know, 100% clear on which one they, they would get. And to be fair, there there isn't a huge amount between them, so it's completely understandable. But um, as I mentioned last week, I am working on updating the overall ranking list to help with decisions like this. Uh, and in this case, I will try and give, um, you know, my two cents on where I would rank these guys. The guys I'm talking about are Callum Wilson, uh, Huang for Wolves, Josh King, Christian Benteke and Armando Brogia for Southampton, who are all, you know, all in decent form, have all scored goals recently, uh, all seem to be starting for their respective teams, which is a massive, um, massive luxury for a striker, especially in the draft format. Uh, you need your strikers to be starting. So I'm going to start with Callum Wilson. Imagine what Wilson could be if he if he stayed fit and played in, in a better team. The reinforcements might soon be on their way, but for now he just has to continue grafting as he is uh, at the moment. He remains one of the best striker options in the game and has a really impressive record in the Premier League, getting 80 goal contributions, uh, which factors in some FPL assists in 157 games, which comes out to him getting a goal or assist virtually every other game. This is impressive when you consider that all of that has come from uh, games in which he's played for Bournemouth and now Newcastle. Obviously, Bournemouth did reach a fairly decent peak uh, offensively, but still. The only points Newcastle have on the board so far have come from four draws, and they're currently three points adrift just above Norwich. It's been a few weeks since I properly looked at the Premier League table, and even Watford have uh, three wins already. So if the Saudi propaganda machine is going to get off the ground, Newcastle are going to need to get some more goals and it's very likely going to have to come from Callum Wilson. Next is He-Chan Huang. Another goal on eight more FPL points on the board for him. He only started in game week four, uh, but he's already averaging nearly six points per game from those six games that he's featured in. He now looks pretty nailed uh, to start barring any injury worries and is definitely a worthwhile investment in most draft leagues. The goal at the weekend was a classic poachers goal, which are the kind of goals you do want to see your strikers getting, as it usually is a pretty good reflection of how how good form they're in. Due to that fixture run that I mentioned already for Wolves, um, you know we've not really seen him tested by a real stalwart defence so far. But even if he is a flat track bully, Wolves have plenty of flat track games in the run up to Christmas, uh, and he's definitely a player I like the look of. Next is Armando Brogia on loan from Chelsea to Southampton. Going to mention this guy again, another start, another goal. Last week showed some fox-in-the-box ability. This week's goal was a lot more individual quality, driving at the Burnley defence, finishing well in the far bottom corner. There is just something about him which reminds me of some of the top strikers we've seen over the past few years. The way he carries himself on and off the ball, even just the way he strikes the ball has sort of a Lewandowski-like quality to it. And I think the only thing standing in his way this season is the fact that Southampton may ultimately want to give more game time to their their own club strikers uh, rather than a low knee. But it could be interesting to see what happens to him at the end of the season. Realistically, the number nine shirt is Lukaku's for the foreseeable future. Uh, and they may elect to sell Brozier with uh, some kind of buyback arrangement 
Um, and so if all pans out okay, maybe Southampton could be that destination. Che Adams scored nine goals in all competitions last season, uh, and I don't see why Brogia can't better that this year. Next is Christian Benteke. Two goals in the last two games and playing as well as I've seen for a long while. I like the partnership that is developing with uh, Eduard uh, and that should see Benteke able to get assists as well as goals. His attacking numbers and expected stats are similar to those of Hee-Chan Huang uh, with Benteke actually having the superior XG while having just two goals to Huang's four. This is telling, and we even saw in that game at the weekend against Newcastle that Benteke still does have a big miss in him, which I don't see changing anytime soon. But if the opportunities continue to present themselves, he will get returns. You know, he's probably got a hat-trick in him this season. That's one you can hold me to come the end of the year. But equally, we'll continue to have some frustrating days where nothing will go in for him. Finally, Josh King for Watford, uh, as I said already, one of the weekend's hat-trick heroes as Everton fully gave up at the, you know, in the end of that game. I already mentioned that we can't exactly judge Chelsea that highly based on playing Norwich. But honestly, that, that last 15 minutes um, in the Everton-Watford game from an Everton point of view was some of the worst football I've seen in the Premier League in a, in a, in a good while. You know, they made... They made Watford look like a prime Barcelona team, just cutting them in half, sending players sprawling with every attack. Every dummy was just getting beautifully bought. And, um, you know, Pickford just looked completely at sea with the defenders around him completely imploding. Now, obviously, they're the, the first goals Josh King has got this season. And... Um, I really don't rate Watford highly as a team. I, I've got them to go down as it stands. When it comes to tight decision calls between strikers in this kind of scenario, I do tend to then, you know, just say, well, who's playing for the better team? That's that's who I would rate more highly. Uh, and out of all of these guys, Josh King is definitely playing for the worst team. And I put them even below Newcastle, despite what the points table might show. So the order in which I would put those guys is the order in which I went through them. So that's Wilson, uh, Huang, Broja, Benteke and Josh King. So if you're, you know, torn between any of those, um, whichever one was higher in that list is who I would opt for, uh, you know, in, in any given scenario. You know, that kind of um, advice obviously is, you know, you have to put it in in the context of your own draft team that that advice really exists in a vacuum obviously if you're I don't know why you would be but if you were stacked on Crystal Palace players or Wolves players that might uh, influence you uh, against getting another one of their players because you really wouldn't want to be too reliant on one of those clubs in fact you wouldn't want to be too reliant on any of these clubs from these guys so so obviously does have to go into the context of your team but all being equal that's the order I'd put those guys on to the hidden gems section then so these are guys with generally less than 10% ownership and it was generally quite uninspiring this week uh, there's usually a, a fairly decent handful of names to pick up but I've only really highlighted three here the rest I would just be um, talking about for the sake of really uh, Kilman for Wolves is a guy that's cropped up each week obviously still has pretty low ownership and they have good fixtures He's played every minute so far and, as I said, that decent run continues. 
They face a very wounded Everton, which could go either way, but very winnable on paper. And if if the if Everton continues to play like that, could be an easy result for Wolves. Next, I've got a couple of uh, of the Burnley lads, starting with uh, Loughton. Burnley will not want to be embarrassed by uh, by Brentford at home, and I think we'll see a fairly resolute Burnley performance, uh, looking to keep things tight. So, definite clean sheet territory there. Uh, and then his teammate, new boy Cornet, who I've mentioned once or twice already, I was surprised to see that his ownership still only four percent in uh, 10 team leagues he was someone I had uh, penciled in as one of my waiver options so I ended up uh, picking up ZH which was great you know and I'll bet you right now he'll be the most transferred in player ahead of game week 10 especially as Burnley have have that okay fixture at home to Brentford he's now made four appearances and scored three goals when I discussed him a couple of weeks ago uh, he even got his name in the pod title and I said that, you know, I think he gives Burnley something completely different to what the other squad players can bring. The only guy, uh, the only other guy in that squad capable of getting anywhere near that kind of source is Jay Rodriguez. But it seems he's not really running enough to get in the Premier League team anymore. And nobody else is is doing anything at all for Burnley this season. And I think give it another goal or two and this guy quickly becomes their new talisman, which is always valuable in FPL. But as I said, Ownership's way too low. I think the only reason he's been he's been overlooked so far is that the points have come quite late. So you generally have to scroll a little bit down the waiver list to uh, to pick him up. But um, definitely, definitely one to to look at getting in, even if it's just for this week. On to the most hidden gems section then. So this is a less than ten percent owned player in a sixteen team league, um, similar to what I did with the the infamous double Hanley pick. Um, I think Strauk is still one of the better low ownership options. And with a game away at Norwich, it seems sensible to roll with him again for a second week and hope for that cleanly. So my most hidden gem pick again is Pascal Strauk. On the trade valuations, the the main name um, really that sticks out for me this week is Mason Mount. No way is, is this bloke getting another Premier League hat-trick anytime soon. Maybe the next, when Chelsea go to uh, Norwich away later in the season, he could get another one then. But I, I can't see this guy really carrying on getting that level of returns. He was quite fortunate with the penalty. He's pretty crap at penalties. And he showed that again in the uh, in the League Cup penalty shootout in midweek. Um, I would definitely see what you could uh, get for him by offering him around. And in fact, I'm going to mention a couple of uh, trades that have been sent to me this week on Twitter uh, for some advice on uh, in which Mason Mount is included in one of them. So on that note, uh, the first trade I was asked to comment on this week was um, Antonio and Mason Mount for De Bruyne and Aubameyang. Now, obviously, on, on the one hand, you've got some pretty very recently informed players in Mason Mount and Antonio uh, who had pretty big weeks. Antonio's obviously had a had a cracking start to the season and then went quiet. And as I mentioned last week, it was always going to get a goal against Spurs versus Aubameyang, who's kind of slowly been getting back into some kind of form and uh, and De Bruyne, who, well, we all know what, what De Bruyne can do. Um, my advice, and maybe some would disagree, was to was to plump for KDB and Aubameyang. Um, I really don't see why Aubameyang couldn't match Antonio for points from this point onwards and if you're asking me who I'd rather have out of Mount and KDB well 
There's only one answer. The second trade was uh, Wolves boys Jimenez and Semedo for Saint Maximan and Cancelo. Um, I think this one was was a bit easier to uh, to look at, and uh, I opted for Saint Maximan and Cancelo, who I'd rather have. I don't really rate Semedo at all. He's just complete deadwood in that trade. He's waiver fodder and kind of like the defensive version of uh, Trey Ore just doesn't really seem to want to live up to any kind of attacking promise. Jimenez is interesting. He does look like he's getting back into some kind of form um, and looks to be forming a decent partnership with Huang. But on the other side, we've got Cancelo, who's played 90 minutes every game for Manchester City so far with, you know, obviously a great, uh, great opportunity for clean sheets as well as attacking returns. And St. Maximan, who is behind Wilson, probably the uh, the uh, second most most likely points getter for that Newcastle team. So that was a fairly easy one. So that's it for this episode of the FPL Draft Up podcast, episode number 50, the big half century. Um, again, thank you very much for listening, even if it's your first time or the 50th time of listening. Every every little ounce of support is hugely appreciated. Um, if you did enjoy, then make sure you're subscribed or following on whichever platform you're listening to your podcasts. Um, be sure to give us a little thumbs up, a five star rating and a comment if you feel uh, that we deserve it. But any kind of comments or reviews would really help us get get the word out to uh, to more listeners. If you haven't, then uh, make sure you go and check out fbldrafthub.com where you can get lots of personalized stats and you can also see lots of uh, of the ownership data, which I refer to in these podcasts for yourself. Um, so you can see who the world is bringing in on the waivers and who they're dropping to see if your thoughts roughly align with what everyone else is thinking. There's no Friday night football this week, so the wave deadline will be on Friday morning at 11am ahead of the Saturday lunchtime kickoff, which is... Leicester against Arsenal. So best of luck with your your waivers, your free agents, your trading, all your wheeling and dealing. I'll be back next week. And as always, stay shook. Sure.